Welcome to the Facility Dude Podcast. Here's your hosts, Bob, Papa Dude Bittner, and Tony Butler. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Facility Dude Podcast. This is episode 15. Uh, last week, we, we talked about why you can't afford not to do PMs. This week, we're going to talk about uh, steps to actually implement a program. Uh, I'm here with Papa Dude Bittner. How you doing, Papa Dude? I'm doing great, Tony. How are you doing? I'm doing good, Bob. Well, today, we're going to talk about uh, just where do you start with uh, eating that elephant called uh, putting a preventive maintenance, uh, planned maintenance uh, program together. And we talked uh, last time a little bit about some of the barriers. Now let's talk about really kind of getting down to the meat of putting a plan together. And I always kind of recommend to people is that, first of all, you need to have a list of your equipment of what you're going to do or items that you want to do. You know, roofing is always a big thing for, uh, because it covers everything, right? Uh, Mm -hmm. And um, that it can create a lot of damage if we don't keep our roof in a good uh, state of repair. So there's just identifying all those things that we want to uh, keep a good handle on it and that can really cause an impact. I always say people say, well, should we do uh, should we do our clocks? Should we do a, put our clocks in? Why would you put a clock on a PM program? Uh, you're probably not going to, if a clock fails, what are you going to do? Throw it away and get another clock. You know, it's a $20 investment and you're not going to put $500 over the life of that clock into PMs when you can just buy a new clock for 20 bucks. But those things that are really going to impact your day-to-day operation, the comfort of the facilities, trying to accomplish the mission of that property that you have, be it uh, a parks, or, uh, a, a building, uh, a jail, a hospital, a school building, whatever it is, uh, that was built for a purpose, and you want to be able to do that purpose. So look at the items that are in that facility that really impact the purpose of that building. And keep in mind, too, if you have several facilities, several different locations, you know you don't have to try to gather or create an equipment list for all of them at one time. Again, that's one of those hurdles, just a little bit at a time. You start with one facility and, and take care of that one first, and then you can move to another one, right? That's right. And, you know, we, we are required uh, by law that there are certain things that we do have to maintain. Uh, our fire uh, protection stuff, well, a lot around our fire safety stuff, our exit lights, uh, our emergency lights in the facility. And I, I talk to a lot of facility managers and say, do you know that you're supposed to inspect those once a month? And everybody's hand goes up. Yeah, I know that. And I say, how many of you are doing it? And very few are actually doing it. And so start there. Start with the things that you're required to do, the things that if they failed in the case of an emergency, that it really could be the difference between life and death. And uh, so uh, a good good place to start is with your life safety stuff, your uh, fire alarm, your uh, sprinkler systems, uh, the pumps that associate with that, and make sure that those are, are done properly. And there's a lot of helpful information uh, to be able to put those plans together. And that's something you're going to want to document, too. It protects the organization. If you document when you've done fire and life safety checks, um, you know, whether it's paper, whether it's in a system or anywhere, you need to document that that's been completed because, you know, accidents happen and when something happens and someone comes to you and they want to know when you did it last, you want to be able to provide that information to them. Exactly. When the when they inspection, the uh, authority that has jurisdiction over the inspection of it comes into your facility, be it the fire marshal, uh, your insurance inspector, whomever it is, and say, I want to see... Uh, 
the results of, of what you've done. There's, there's uh, uh, probably no elevator in this country that you don't walk into and there's some kind of a inspection sticker in there that somebody has inspected that elevator. Why? Because so many people use the elevator. There's a lot of fear of elevators. Uh, if one fails, it can be catastrophic. And so they really, the, the government really pushes that and forces that. Uh, and so we're, we're obligated to do some of those things. Some of the other ones were not managed quite as tightly but are still required. But if a fire marshal comes in and you haven't been doing your fire extinguishers and so forth. So I would start with those things. Get a, get a list of those things. Get a, a location of those items and put a plan together. And it's not important that you know exactly to the very second how long it's going to take to do each one of those. Estimate it. You've been doing this long enough. Folks have been doing this long enough. They know. Uh, if not, you know, call one of your uh, other facility managers that you respect and say, how long does it take you to do this? I'm trying to get this started. And a lot of these guys that belong to organizations play off of the the expertise of other people in there, what they're doing for that. Yeah, you don't have to reinvent the wheel. The information's out there, and it's just a matter of maybe making a phone call or doing a little bit of research. But again, you know, the importance of those checks and the importance of that PM is huge. And if you are tracking the time, that's definitely a step in the right direction in terms of beginning to track the amount of time it takes to complete the work. You know, when you got your guys going in 100 different areas and, and always on the go, uh, being able to show someone, hey, we, we have to make sure we complete these checks. You need to spend at least an hour a day or 30 minutes a day doing it. You know, the, again, it, the, it's a priority, and we can show that and illustrate that to our decision makers. And, and so you start with life safety. Uh, one of the areas that we frequently get the largest amount of complaints uh, in an organization is around the comfort of the building, uh, HVAC. And truly one of the things that uh, has probably the most moving parts uh, that, can, uh, that people complain the most about, I'm too hot, I'm too cold, uh, why is this noise uh, in my uh, office, uh, just a lot of things around HVAC. So the second area that I would, would certainly look at would be uh, the HVAC. Uh, get, a, uh, get a good list of your major pieces of equipment. Again, I wouldn't get down to every thermostat involved, but do the larger pieces of equipment, your chillers, your boilers, your pumps, the things that are really going to impact. Work out towards the air handlers. And filtration is a big deal today. There's been uh, a lot of studies done about uh, the effect of, of mold in our environment, the good indoor air quality. Uh, there's a lot of controversy about that, but I would rather be on the safe side than the sorry side on that. And uh, a good plan for filter uh, maintenance of changing filters, using a high-quality filter uh, media in doing that, and just have a good plan in place for at least getting uh, filters changed in air handlers, the things that people are breathing in every day that really helps uh, make a difference in the environment. And, and you mentioned those calls, I mean, the comfort of the people who are in our facilities. If we're, you know, taking care of our HVAC system, uh, there's a good chance that the number of calls that you get will potentially go down. Uh, and that's going to put some time back in your day as well as you're doing PMs on your HVAC. Not saying they'll go away because there's always going to be someone who's uncomfortable. But, uh, again, the number of calls will go down. That's why God made sweaters, because somebody's always going to be uncomfortable. If you're too cold, put a sweater on. If you're too hot, take your sweater off. So uh, that's what I say. God made sweaters for that purpose. That's, that's a rule I, I use in my house. Uh, there I, you go. I like to share that with uh, my daughter and my wife. 
And you know, some of the uh, some of the equipment that we PM, we can do with our own staff. Some that becomes more complicated uh, with major pieces of equipment like chillers or boilers. We may choose to contract that out to somebody that has a, a better skill set that maybe we have in our organization, and that's okay too. But it's important to get it done. Understand what it is. Put a good uh, PM program in place about what you want to have that contractor get done and establish. And all of the manufacturers have great recommendations on what it is that you should do to these pieces of equipment. So go to the go to the original equipment manufacturer. Get the information they expect you to do to prolong the life of that equipment and match and even exceed the expected life of the piece of equipment. You're prolonging it. You're uh, saving money for the organization. You're making the people that are using that building more efficient in their work and the things, tasks that they're doing about in that facility. The, uh, the third place I would go to would be the roof. Again, we talk about how important a roof structure is to our building. And not a very complicated system and not a very hard thing to, to PM, but often, particularly if uh, there's trees and uh, debris uh, tree limbs, leaves, and so forth that are close to the building that get on the roof. They quickly plug up uh, drains. Uh, things get on the roof, and you know we we need to protect that. And uh, it's it's not a very difficult task. And you know it's amazing. Uh, a lot of times I walk up on a roof, particularly if there's equipment on the roof, and we have people that are walking on the roof mm-hmm. uh, on a regular basis. Uh, I, I'm amazed at the number of screws and nails and sharp objects that I find on a roof. And so going up there and policing the roof, uh, making sure that uh, things are picked up, those things, and it's not very difficult, does not take a long time. One of the things that I always recommend, if there's a prediction of a major storm, that you ought to get to your roof and just make sure all your gutters are open and so forth. So a roof would be a great place as well to start on a PM program. Well, I know the the gutters are a big deal. One of the... um in terms of insurance claims, when when gutters are backed up and they're full of debris and they're unable to drain properly, one of the issues that, that I know happens across the country is that uh, there's water that ends up spilling over uh, the gutter, and it ends up, in a lot of cases, it creates some water damage to the facility. And so there's a lot of insurance claims that are really, um, you know, could have been prevented just by cleaning the debris off of the roof or out of the gutter. So that something really simple to do, but makes a huge impact on the organization and the cost, uh, potential cost of of damage there. You know, another area I think a lot of our clients, they have these uh, on their properties, uh, particularly in our local government, in our schools and so forth, are uh, are the playgrounds. Yes. And uh, a lot of times playgrounds are ignored and kids are very creative. Uh, a lot of times they don't use those playgrounds as they were totally designed and try to do things and uh, try to stress them. And you get some bigger kids out there on a seesaw or whatever it is, that, that playground equipment gets used very hard. And the last thing we want to do is, is see a, a young child, uh, anybody, get hurt on a playground. You know, there's, there's horror stories of kids getting fingers taken off on playgrounds and so forth. And we just don't want to be a part of that, uh, contributing to that. So playgrounds would be another great area to to look at and start. Yeah. I mean, you're talking 20 or 30 minutes just to make sure everything's tight, nothing's out of place, et cetera. 
you know, they have uh, a lot of these playgrounds, all of the, the fasteners on them are uh, very hidden and very protective, but sometimes they come off, expose things. So uh, that's a, it's a great, great place to start. And then I would, I would, I would back up and you look at things like uh, your plumbing and electrical. Mm-hmm. Uh, electrical in particularly, uh, there's some very, uh, these days, some very inexpensive ways to uh, do some testing of electrical gear with uh, infrared scanning. It used to be uh, that you had to have uh, a very, very expensive camera. Well, they would start around $50,000, and then you'd have to have argan, argon gas to keep it cool while you're shooting that. Very uh, A lot of training, uh, but they're making a lot of devices these days that even you can buy at Home Depot for a couple hundred bucks, and you can shoot the heat differential uh, on electrical things. Mm-hmm. And just taking a look at those things uh, at, a, at a higher level, seeing where loose connections might be, and loose connections are one of the major contributors to fires. And, and a lot of damage in our uh, facilities, and a good uh, infrared uh, electrical PM program. It's not that difficult today. It's not that expensive, and there's uh, a lot of training that's available to, to go through and look at some of those things. So really, I mean, we talked about several different areas that we could start, and, you know, figure out what's your priority, pick a small area and start there, and then build on on, you know, just moving in the right direction, build on that. So whether you start, again, fire safety, life safety are things that are required. Uh, great area to start and pick one location, one facility, get the list of equipment, the list of assets in that facility so you know what you're looking after. And then, again, just begin building on that plan. But you got to start somewhere. So pick a place and go. And I would, I would say also, you know, you don't have to do it all by yourself. There's been a lot of people down this road before you, a lot of your colleagues that uh, are in your area, in other facilities, call them up, ask them. Say, I want to take you to lunch and give me your experience on setting up your PM program. What did you do first? How did you go about it? Can you share stuff with me? Uh, I, I know that uh, uh, we as maintenance people are willing and love to share and love to talk about the good things that we do. So don't shy away from asking for help uh, as well. You don't have to create the wheel as they say, over and over and over and over again. Uh, leverage off of what other people have done. Again, Google can be your greatest friend. You know, and uh, if, you're a, uh, if you're a dude uh, client, you know, we're just a phone call away. And we've got a lot of resources that can help people uh, get started. Uh, we can consult with you and help you. And we've got a lot of resources to do that as well. Yeah, there's a lot of information even on our blog. Uh, you know, again, you talk about resources. We've done webinars. There's, there's a lot of information out there and available on our website and just on the net in general. And I think we're so passionate about this that you know, we really want to invest in you. We, we really believe in uh, the work that you're doing, what, uh, what's required to do that, and we really want to be a help and an asset to, to helping you get that done. So uh, start small. Start building it. You will see some improvements. Market those improvements that you're seeing to your organization and just keep building it. And over a period of time, then you will be able to uh, look back and demonstrate the, the great things that you're doing. And uh, get your jollies out of people being satisfied. There are no roof leaks. Things are going well. The organization and the building is being utilized as it was designed. You're important. And like Bob said, market yourself. Market what you're doing. Let other people know the impact that you're making uh, because otherwise it, it goes unseen. So uh, you're important. The job you're doing impacts everyone who comes in and goes out of your facility. 
you know, I've I've seen guys even put up a sign that says, "We're changing the filters in your air handler today to make it a healthier place for you to work." And I think just doing those kind of things, it encourages people to then say, hey, thanks, Tony, for taking care of that. Uh, I know you know it's important for a, a good, healthy environment that we, we work in. So. Yeah, it brings awareness. Absolutely. Well, Bob, I think we're going to wrap it up for Episode 15. It was a pleasure speaking with you today. Um, thank you for your time. Everyone, thank you for listening in. Please, if you have questions uh, you know, or you want to share a comment, please do so. Uh, you can email us at podcast at FacilityDude. Please uh, follow us on Stitcher.com or on iTunes. We look forward to next week. And, Tony, I hope you have a great week. Look forward to being with you again next week. Thanks, Bob. You too. Thank you for listening to the Facility Dude Podcast. We love to hear your feedback about the show. Leave us a five-star review on iTunes and help other facility operations professionals like yourself find the show. Email your questions or comments to podcast at facilitydude.com. Be sure to like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Facility Dude. We look forward to hearing from you.